My name is Rabbi David Pardo, and I am the host of OU Live. Welcome to our show tonight. We're doing a special for the next week, putting on one of these episodes every weeknight, Monday through Thursday. This is a place for inspiration and entertainment, front row seats, to community leaders, rabbanim, activists, experts, people in the news, musicians, and whomever you want. We want to hear from you. Uh, be in touch, please, at OULive at OU.org, OULive at OU.org, or drop a comment in the comment box below if you're watching on the OU website. We have comments set up if you're watching on Facebook, if you're watching on YouTube. If you're watching on Facebook, hit the like button to be in the loop on when the next episode is. Same thing for YouTube, hit subscribe, hit the bell. Tonight's episode is sponsored by Marla and Stanley Frolinger for the Schus of Chole Yisrael. Very thoughtful. Email us if you're interested in sponsoring an episode. We have quite the lineup for you tonight. We're going to hear from a college student who built her own chesed organization overnight. We're going to hear from David Beshevkin. We're also going to hear from Yitzhi Spinner. So stay tuned. In the meantime, it is my distinct pleasure to welcome a man who is... Uh, Aine Yisrael, right now on Rabbi Moshe Hauer, uh, who is the incoming executive vice, vice president of the Orthodox Union. He has been the spiritual leader of Congregation B'nai Jacob Shari Tzion in Baltimore for over two decades. He is uh, highly emphasized uh, education and Torah and social service in his community. He's a national board member of APAC. Has prioritized Israel in a in a strong way, and we. I have to. I'm very excited to soon call him our boss, but we have a lot of questions for him now. Rabbi Howard. Hello. How are you, there? Shalom aleichem, Rabbi Howard. How are you? Aleichem shalom. Aleichem shalom. Nice to see you. I like your setup a lot better than mine. <laughs> it, I think you, maybe you've been doing this for longer. This uh, my my setup was uh, <laughs> set up earlier this week in the uh, in the basement in the bunker where we're writing this out. Um, Rabbi Hauer, I um, I I'm fascinated to know you um, you have been a a shul rabbi. Um, you've been a community leader, you've been a con congregational rav for over two decades, and you are, you haven't started working at the OU yet, but no one would know. Um, you have shifted gears to a, a national perspective at a, at a really um, uh, fascinating time, a scary time, time of uh, much interest. I'm, I'm curious to hear from you what that uh, shift has been like, the local to the national. Uh, it's it, this period has been intense for everybody on every level, and um, it's uh, on the one hand, of course, all of us are filled with with concern given the situation, and at the same time, the 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 privilege I think that that those of us involved in communal work, which I think today includes just about every member of the Jewish people. Uh, it's it's been remarkably, remarkably an inspiring and unusually intense experience to see the amount, the amount of energy and effort and innovation and creativity and a desire to help uh, that have come from everywhere. 
uh, as you said, David, right now I'm sort of like sitting on a fence uh, in, 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 in our own shul and community. You know, Baruch Hashem, we have lots of, lots of help, but we're all working together. Uh, all the staff, all the Rabbanim in the shul and all the Rabbanim in the community for very serious issues that we have to deal with in Baltimore, like every Jewish city, like every city that has any kind of a population in it has to, has to deal with and trying to help out on the, on the, on the national level with the Orthodox Union. Um, Alan Fagan, the executive vice president of the OU, has done something remarkable in helping the organization transfer seamlessly through this crisis to be able to completely transform their programs and remain consistent with the programs. And uh, whether it's NCSY or Yachad or JLIC, Everything just is going and continuing and serving all its members in a in a uh, completely completely different different format. Well, and, could you uh, actually? That's fascinating to know. Could you tell us, um, for those of us who don't work at the OU, what the OU is is doing differently now during this uh, during the COVID nineteen crisis? You mentioned NCSY is shifted totally virtually. What does that mean? And and what are other uh, organizations doing? all the organizations are finding the way to be able to service uh, the populations that they service uh, without being able to have them at a Shabbaton. I mean, NCSY is, has, this is prime season for Shabbatonim, for people getting together. And all of those things, of course, have been canceled. And the same with, with other organizations, which are built to be able to deal with uh, the kids or the students or whatever it is in person have not forfeited their mandate. They say, okay, we can't, we have to cancel the Shabbaton. So, okay, we'll be back when, you know, next time we can do a Shabbaton. No, they're there. Like we've seen communities and shuls do to be able to shift platforms, to be able to hold community together, to be able to service each other at this time in a completely different mode. And on every level, the organization has done it with outstanding leadership. You have to speak about, uh, when you think about OU, the first thing you think about usually is OU kosher and the tremendous, tremendous uh, transformation which they have had to experience. Employees now all over being able to work, being able to maintain creative ways to be able to maintain supervision and the thousands, the thousands of inquiries which OU is now fielding because of the changes in Pesach plans for everybody in the world and uh, stepping up to the plate to be able to do that. It's a dramatic thing, a dramatic thing to witness. The, 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 the other opportunity that we have, that we've had uh, on, the, on, the national, uh, on the national stage is to do what we can on two fronts. Number one, to be able to help shuls to whatever degree we can to hold their communities together. Now, these kinds of tools, like the tools that you're using here tonight, so many shuls have figured out how to take to the airwaves to be able to daven together even if they're not davening in a technical halachic minion, but to hold on to community. We're trying very hard with all these new challenges to be able to provide communities with the ability to service their own. It's not the role of a national organization to usurp the role of community or to replace the role of community. Our primary role is to support the community and to be able to help that real in-person community to be able to do its thing. Uh, in, in trying to do that, we get to watch and to see what each community is doing for its own. 
And it's unbelievable. It's unbelievable the amount of energy and creativity, which is- You have, exhibited you share some stories with us? Just look, anybody, anybody who's out there, you see the, the level of programming which people are doing for each other in terms of Torah programming, in terms of bizminyanin. You know, we we, we uh, have seen all kinds of fantastic examples of communities doing binding together to do everything from suddenly becoming shuls, becoming grocery stores, uh, to communities creating volunteer efforts to deliver food and provide uh, you know, necessary things for people who shouldn't be going out at all during this, uh, during this time, during this crisis. Every kind of service, there are so many innovative ways that people are doing and creating in order to be able to do it and to provide it. Now, I, I, was, I was just mentioning when we were davening Mincha Marv together as a shul, that in the parsha that we read today, that we're reading this Shabbos, Hashem, we'll be reading in our homes, most of us, this Shabbos. We read about the fundraising campaign for the Mishkan, and we're told that they came and they complained. You know, the people are bringing there too much. It's too much. It's the most successful campaign in all of Jewish history. Right. I, I think for the past 26 years I've been in the rabbinate, I've made the same joke every year, one time or another, is that that was the first and the last time that a Jewish fundraising campaign ever said it's too much. It, I think it's obligatory for sure, rabbis. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You might have to think of a new one as an executive vice president. Okay. Well, now we understand it. Now we understand it because when we think about campaigns, we think about people sending money and you can always put more money in your bank account. You can always put some away in a, in a, in a, in a, in a fund for the future. But when people are bringing their energies and everybody wants to do something, it can really be overwhelming. The amount of ideas, the amount of desire to do could sometimes make a person stand back and say, you know what? We can't handle it. It's too much. It's too much. We need, you know, the, the metaphor, which I've been hearing very repeatedly, repeatedly over these past few days is like trying to drink from the fire hose, where just too much is coming at you because everybody wants to do. And it's a magnificent thing. And that's one of the things which we're, which we are working very actively on is trying to actually pull from all those many, many amazing initiatives, the best of the best so that we can share them, so that the ideas that, that seem to have the best applicability all around will be, able to, will be able to be shared. If I can share with you, David, just one of the most magnificent things is that every day at one o'clock, we have a call where there are a few words of inspiration, a few words of chizuk from a, from a congregational rabbi, from one of the rabbis of the, of, the, of the country. And we have every day over a thousand people get on the phone for a 15-minute call, for a little bit of inspiration, and to say a few kapitlach tilim, a few psalms together, something we're able to do as a community, it's really, really beautiful, a beautiful and magnificent thing amongst many things that, that, uh, that the community is doing uh, to draw together at this, at this time. That's, uh, that's very impressive. Um, that's, that's very inspiring. It's, uh, it's exciting to see how we're mobilizing. And the, I, keep, I keep telling people, I told my wife, First, if this had happened 20 years ago, it would be such a different story. I just, you know, the the way we're using technology right now, the way my kids are are looking into uh, are are staying in their schools, the way um, people in the community are, are chatting with each other, it's just um, everything happens at the uh, at the time it happens, right? Yeah, yeah. It's I, I, it's it's a delicious irony that uh, shuls 
have been struggling for years with the fact that, you know, those cell phones in shul, they make it so difficult to be able to run a shul. And today, our shuls and our communities for this past week are running because of cell phones. They're, they they suddenly turned into the, into, the, into the greatest gift. And uh, yeah, HaKadosh Baruch Hu Hashem blesses us with things, and sometimes we have to figure out exactly when, when and where to use them. Rabbi Howard, I just want those of, uh, those of us watching, what's one thing you'd like people to walk away with, something they can do, some way they can be part of the effort, some way they can be part of the moment, something they can tell their grandkids about? I'm not going to answer that question exactly, but no. something they can tell their grandkids about, excuse me. But I, what I do want to say is something which I think we have to say over and over and over again. And uh, we, we've taken to try to say it in four words. And those four words are stay home, save lives. With everything which is going on, our primary responsibility is to public health, to the health of our communities, to make sure that we are way ahead in terms of following all of the instructions which are there by the health authorities. And the simplest formula, the answer to 85% of the questions that are, at, that are thrown our way about should we do this, should we do that, are those four words, stay home, save lives. We need to somehow be reducing the circulation of, the, of, of, this, uh, of this disease. You know, we're all thinking about Pesach. And on the night of Pesach, there was a lesson which was learned for generations. And that was that the safest place in the world for a person to be is in their house. HaKadosh Baruch Hashem said to the Jewish people, Moshe Rabbeinu said to the Jewish people, stay home, Pesach night. Stay home, save lives. This is the lesson for us of the pre-Pesach season, that we need to really be attentive to it, not to make exceptions, not to just go for a walk with, you know, with one friend for a couple of days, to be very, very careful and limited in going out so that we can slow the spread of this. It's there, it's out there, it will be out there, but the, the public health rules are wise and we should be at the, at the, at the forefront of, of adhering to them. And if I can say one example. more thing, David? Yeah, Sorry? Uh, yeah, we should be the shining example of it. Absolutely, we should. And, and so many people, I've, I've heard so many people speak poignantly and properly that you know, this really gives us an opportunity to a little bit rebuild the dynamic within our homes, which is, which is something special. But at the same time, I think we also have to be mindful of something else. And that is that there are many people who don't have company in their homes, who are home by themselves. And uh, a, a great call of the moment for which everyone can step forward. You ask what people can do. There are all kinds of creative juices producing the most amazing creative programs, which will benefit hundreds or thousands. But where the real action is, is benefiting one at a time. And if everyone who's listening to this program and everyone who's, who's out there will just take a moment every day to call maybe once, once a day or once in the morning, once in the evening to check in with somebody who's, who's home by themselves and spend a little time, relaxed time to check in, to talk, to connect. What an amazing thing that would be. What an incredible thing that would be. Ultimately, we all know that the redemption of the Jewish people is going to come from chesed, from kindness, from our giving to each other. May we see Amir Hashem, 
of kindness come from above in response to the tremendous, tremendous outpouring of kindness, which is being felt all around us. All Amen. Around us. Amen. Rabbi Howard, beautiful words. And uh, so until we meet again in person on thank the other you. side of this. Thank you for, thank you thank for joining you. us. Thank you very much. Chayn Lamar, thanks for being here. You are on OU Live. My name is Rabbi David Pardo. Thanks for tuning in. We got a great rest of the night lined up for you. Stay tuned for a conversation with David Bashevkin and for music from Yitzhi Spinner. If you are uh, tuning in, um, we want to hear from you. We want to know what you are interested in and who you want to have on the show. We're here for the next week. Email us at OULive at OU.org or write it in the comments. Tag someone you know. Uh, last night, someone tagged Yishai Rebo. We'll see how that goes. The uh, time difference might be a little difficult. I want to thank Marla and Stan Frolinger, who sponsored tonight's episode. I want to introduce our next guest, Nicole Van. I'm going to say it right. I'm going to say it correctly. Amaronjen. Very close. Amarongen. Amarongen, of course, the proper Dutch pronunciation. Uh, Nicole, how are you doing? Thank God, I'm doing well. How are you? I'm amazing. Nicole, you're a, a senior at Barnard? Yeah. You're a senior at Barnard, and you uh, you had a perfect segue from Rabbi Howard. You had a fascinating, um, pretty, uh, you know, I'm not going to embarrass you, but inspiring reaction to the, uh, to the COVID-19 crisis. So what did you do? Um, I was involved in creating um, the Amisrael versus COVID-19 volunteer group. I'm not the only one who started it. I'm working with two other people um, named Aaron Priven and Ellie Callie who are helping me. Um, we basically created this um, dispatching service to put it simply um, where we're connecting people in need, people in quarantine um, throughout the New York and New Jersey areas um, with people who are healthy, people who are able to walk around um, get errands, things of that nature. Um, so we're connecting them and um, having the volunteers run different errands, um, things like that for people who can't go out. So that's, I mean, that that's wild. How many, how many volunteers do you have working with you, for you at this point? So the numbers are really like doubling every single day. I think last time we checked, it was around 600 volunteers that we have on <laughs> on WhatsApp groups, thank God. <laughs> Sanity. Um, yeah. Wait, are you running all of this through WhatsApp? We're running all of it through WhatsApp and email and a phone number that's ringing on multiple phones and that's that's it for now. A Google voice number. Yeah. So first off, it's just amazing that you took like three free utilities and are using it to run a 600 person organization basically that you built uh, overnight. Just a crazy way to think about things. 600 people, that's, uh, that's wild. And you're running it with two of your friends. Um, also, also Barnard, Columbia? Um, Aaron Previn is a student at Columbia. He's actually a freshman. And Ellie Callie is not in school. He's involved with like various different um, organizations and is just jumping around. Just, okay, just very, very good people. Um, and you're, and you're running just for people who are quarantined and can't do things for themselves. That's so, do you have, can you share some stories from the field? Like what sorts of things are, uh, what sorts of things are happening? What's out there? Yeah, sure. So I guess the easiest way to put it is, it's kind of like Hatsala to medical help is like, um, 
Amishal versus COVID-19 to grocery help. It's mostly helping people um, get food, which is obviously the most important um, necessity for people who can't leave their homes or don't want to leave their homes, as Rabbi Howard is saying, like staying home, even if you're not necessarily sick, just to avoid um, if you're um, immunocompromised or if you have children who are immunocompromised or you're elderly. Um, so we've primarily been helping people in those categories um, get things like groceries, but we've also been providing people with games for their children if that's something that they need. Um, even simple things like dry cleaning pickup or coffee orders, things that um, we just want people basically to maintain the comfort of their lives as, most, as best possible. Um, so nothing is too small for us. If you can't leave to get your coffee, we want to get your coffee for is you. something too big? I'm curious. Like what's... what's... Um, well, people do send very, very extensive grocery lists. Okay. Um, so we're trying I to... want the salmon type of gefilte fish, not the... Yeah, very specific shrach. grocery lists, very specific for multiple stores. Um, things like that are a little bit more complicated. But still, we're trying to accommodate that. So, as of now, we're we're trying to accommodate everything that we can. Oh, that's 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 very impressive. Has has anything you know besides the grocery list? Has anything kind of uh, thrown you, surprised you, impressed you? It could be an inspiring story. It could be like a ridiculous story, also. Um, one thing that comes to mind: we have a couple. First of all, just in general, a couple of people have reached out to us in the name of other people. Um, so, like, let's say. Um, there's been a couple elderly people who've had like friends or neighbors who have reached out to us for them um, without them even knowing, um, saying like, I know they could probably use some help. One situation that sticks was that, out. Was that received well? Yeah, yeah. Uh -huh. um, so like in one specific situation, um, there's a Holocaust survivor who lives in Woodmere. Um, he's 96 years old and he had um, someone who reached out to us in the community and he didn't even know this person reached out to us, but they basically told us, um, that he doesn't have many groceries um, and that he could really use someone to drop off groceries. So I actually took that call with Aaron um, and we went to deliver groceries and he was just so um, pleasantly surprised and, and within a safe distance, um, he was explaining to us his life story and was telling us how he's so thankful and, and just being able to have that experience and not even from him contacting us, but from someone else who knows he probably needed help um, contacting us with things like that have been very inspiring to see. That's incredible. Do you know of other other people, other organizations who've come together and are, are doing similar work or other things that are happening out there that we don't know about? Yeah, definitely. I mean, um, there are a few other groups. I'm not sure like what their names are necessarily, but we've just gotten calls from really all, all over the world and all over the United States about what we're doing and how they could do it. We've gotten calls from England, um, Maryland, Miami, um, the West Coast, um, Australia, like all these different communities that are really wanting to do what we're doing. So there definitely are other people who are doing it. Um, and it's inspiring to see that also that people are really taking initiative in their own communities. That's, that's wild. So if, uh, if, if someone wants to get involved, someone wants to step up or oh, let me ask you a different question. Cause you're, I mean, I, I think you're occupying a very uh, interesting spot in the community. Someone wants to help out, get involved, but isn't ready to to join Amistral versus COVID-19. What would you recommend? I would recommend just keeping your eyes and ears out, honestly, because there's so many different organizations that have popped up um, and so many different movements. Like I just saw one called Stop the Spread and it's a spread of Lashon Hara group that has just started um, for people to take that initiative um, in their communities. And I think there are a lot of things that people can do from home. Um, even for us, for our 
group if you want to help there are ways to help from home we need people taking calls um especially as um college courses start again and i have to go back to school so there are definitely ways um to help even from home um and if you want to get in touch with us about helping in any way that you can even no commitment at all we have a website up um it's oh, look at that what, what, how do we how do we find you it's called coronachesed.org chesed with one s um that was created generously by Ellie Callie, someone who's on our team with us. Um, so that website will basically take you to all the different areas that we're covering and will allow you to select which community you wanna help in. Um, and you can direct us directly at like um, contact us through those groups. That's amazing. As someone, I was on the phone today and someone said like, uh, what's, what are they saying in the streets? What's the word in the streets? I said, I, I just don't know. I'm not in the streets anymore. <laughs> It's not there, but you are. And uh, thank you. So someone wants someone wants um, a coffee or groceries or um, their prescription medication. How do they how do they get that? How do they how do they meet Nicole or one of Nicole's 600 friends? So hopefully they've seen one of our flyers, which we're really, really trying to spread around. Um, but if they haven't, they can reach us by either email or phone. The email is um, Amisrael COVID19 at Gmail. And the phone number is 929-J-Chesed, again, with one S. So oh, if you call score. that number or email us, um, hopefully we'll give you a prompt reply, and then you can let us know how we can help you. Nicole, I have a question that I know is, is uh, common on college campus. What are you studying, and what do you want to be when you grow up? Um, those are complicated questions for me because I don't really know. I mean, I'm studying neuroscience. This is um, where we ask the hard questions. This is the show. <laughs> I'm studying neuroscience. Um, I'm going to be graduating in May, Hashem. I don't know my plans for the future. Um, has, this, has this experience changed that in any way? It, it really has. First of all, it's shown me that there's so many ways to be successful and there's so many ways to be helpful that don't require previous knowledge or previous experience. I've never, ever been involved with running or organizing anything, quite frankly. Um, and this just really showed me that if you care about a community enough, you care, you care about something enough, um, you can create your own um, ways to help. And that's just something that's inspired me because I don't have to fit into like one thing that's already prepared for me necessarily. That's, that's wild. Okay. And then the, the question that's really on everyone's mind, why consistently one S in Chesed? It's a great question. Um, First of all, a lot of the domains with two S's are already taken. So that's, uh, that's there's, one. There's so much chesed, thank God out there. There's so much chesed <laughs> going on that they, they've they squatted on all the all the websites, all the virtual real estate. Yep, exactly. And also it fits with the phone number, the right amount of numbers. So um, all those. The, the first letter was J, J chesed? J chesed. 929. Um, 929. So each thing has like a, a reference, a head in reference to Judaism. So 929 is Tanakh. All the Prakim and Tanakh, right? And then J could be a lot of different things. Chesed, you understand? So a lot of hidden meaning. So if anybody if anybody needs something, the uh, the place to go is Am Yisrael, COVID-19. Yes, please come. We want people to be asking for our help. We have a lot of volunteers, a lot of people ready to help. We just need you to contact us if you need help. Nothing is too small. It's not embarrassing to admit that you need help. So please just contact us so we can help you. That, those are inspiring words. Uh, Nicole, thank you for doing this. Thank you for stepping up. Thank you so much. Thank you for joining us.
You are on OU Live. I'm Rabbi David Pardo. We have an incredible lineup for you. Later tonight, we have Yitzi Spinner. Uh, soon, a good friend of mine. In the meantime, I just want to encourage everybody who is watching on Facebook, like the page so you can find out about future shows. If you're on YouTube, hit subscribe, hit the bell. If you have comments, questions, suggestions, um, frankly, I got too many, uh, too many nice things, too many compliments. Um, I'm looking for criticism. I'm looking for someone, you know, my, uh, my wife wants some, some fodder. OU live at OU.org. In the meantime, I'd like to introduce a friend of mine, David Bushevkin. David Bushevkin is the director of Education for NCSY. He's the author of Sin Agog, and he is very handy at operating his webcam on Zoom. David, how you doing? I am phenomenal. I am really- uh, Are you at your peak? Getting used to this new reality. Kids are asleep and I am, I am ready and it is an absolute joy to be here with your very cool earbud and your blue background. It's a joy uh, to sit side by side. Thank you. Thank you. When we actually, when we, we bought the house, I kind of, I'm afraid that the previous owners are watching. I don't want them to know. I thought this room was like way too blue and we just no. never got around to painting it. And now like and Hashem has are, a reason. Oh, you live and a blue, huge, massive basement is exactly what the doctor ordered. That's what it is. That's what <laughs> God, God has a plan for everyone and everything. Every detail. Beautiful. <laughs> So I'm glad now your kids are asleep and you're finally able to start working. The day's been very quiet, right? Super quiet, super quiet. Great day. Um, you're working on a lot of interesting things. There are a lot of interesting things going on during the day. Why, could you uh, share with us what, um, when I call you in the middle of the day, what I'm interrupting? Well, I wear uh, many different hats, but my primary focus has been on NCSY and bringing NCSY virtually. And I think every organization has been tested in transitioning into this new virtual reality. And I think it's been really exciting of what uh, Klal Yisrael, what the world is capable of. NCSY this past week, we had interviews with uh, Rabbi Dr. Akiva Tatz, with my dear friend, Charlie Harari, with Rabbi Lord Jonathan Sachs. We had like- Why not your dear friend, Lord- We're not Rabbi there Tom. yet. We're not there yet. I, okay. uh, I addressed him that way initially and he corrected me. He's like, it's actually Rabbi Lord. It's not dear friend, <laughs> which I appreciated greatly. Uh, we're not there, we'll get there. And I, aside from that, across the regions, the, all the local program events, he's why has shifted online as well, whether it's latte and learning, we have challah bakes going on this week. Every organization, every uh, connection that I'm involved in has really been shifting to this new reality. And it is disorienting, it is exciting. It's uh, doing podcasts and videos with kids banging down the door. Uh, it's been- Have any of your kids joined you on a, on a Zoom call yet? All of my classes at Yeshiva University have had a cameo appearance of one of my children. That's okay. a guarantee, that's part of tuition. Our tuition is you get a little bit of FaceTime with uh, baby Zevi or baby Kira. And uh, it's part of the joy of being in my class. Absolutely. Okay. Are, are they are they screaming? Is that part of the deal or that's bonus? They're screaming when they can't be on camera. Zevi, uh, we, we 
have worked through the process of why I sometimes have to lock my office door, but more often than not, he will come on and I will ask them, and it's actually quite touching. I ask him, Zevi, why don't you have school today? And my three soon to be four-year-old child says in his very sweet voice, because people are sick, uh, which is very sweet. He knows. he knows it's endearing, it's touching. Uh, this it hurts. Is a, it hurts. A new world, and like most of the Jewish people, um, I think there's it's a reset. It's it. When I go into my backyard, it feels like 1992, and when I step out into my living room, it feels like 1892. Uh, I don't understand the. Yeah, are you going to explain that? Yeah, in the backyard, okay. it feels like 1992 because it feels like an episode of Home Improvement where we're all kind of talking <laughs> over the fence. Uh, it feels like Wilson is in all my backyards and we're kind of peering through, uh, seeing from the uh, from the nose up. My my neighbor and I have a disagreement of which one of us is Wilson. That's actually exactly. a real ongoing banter. And my my living room feels like 1892 because... It's bef- it's like before institutionalized organizational Judaism, and our living room is the Kodesh Hakadoshim, and my wife and I were the Kohanim, and the children are out there just waiting for the programming, waiting for uh, all of the avoda, and there's something very sweet about the fact that it's it's setting back the clock before there were yeshivas dotting the country, dotting the United States, dotting Europe. Uh, our home is the yeshiva, our home is the dorm, our home is uh, the shul, the base haknesses, and the base medrash. It feels like 1892 uh, inside of my living room. You're the, uh, you're the, it's amazing. You're the Cohen Guttel, you're also the lunch lady, you're also the janitor, you're also the entertainer. We are, we are everything. We're, I, I don't wear my lunch lady outfit, though the lunch lady where I went to elementary school still has an, a massive influence on my day-to-day life. Uh, shout on, out. on your on your uh, fashion sense? On, no, not on my uh, fashion sense. I appreciate you asking that. No. I'm just clarification. Think about, you know, you see every detail of what goes into the school system. And I feel like every Shabbos table conversation where people are grunting and groaning about uh, tuition and teachers and this and that, uh, spend four days trying to program and uplift, inspire, educate children. And we have a lot to be grateful for, but we also have a lot in this new reality uh, to explore, discover, and then once again, be grateful for. I, I think a lot of people are finding an incredible amount of respect for teachers that they didn't have before. I definitely see the jokes on Twitter, but I also see, <laughs> I see the uh, like, um, I, 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 I see the difficulty. The truth is my, my wife's a teacher and the schedule is, is bonkers because she hasn't stopped teaching. And my kids are, I, I, I love your thing about 1892. I don't see it because my kids are on tablets. Um, uh-huh. and it, it throws off the analogy. No, it just, you know, maybe, maybe we should just shatter the tablets. I honest, honest to God, if this happened 20 years ago, I don't know what I would do. It, it would go so south so fast with no technology, with no- It would be equipped with something else. I mean, I remember, I mean, we were kids uh, a little bit more than 20 years ago. And I mean, I was able to occupy myself. It was GI Joes and Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles and all of the great toys. I mean, was I able to spend a six hours uninterrupted playing with uh, Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles with my 
little brother or my friends down the block? The answer is absolutely yes. And one new toy <laughs> went a long way. It almost frightens me. Are kids still playing with action figures? I have no idea. I don't know the answer to that question. Because how old's your oldest? Three, almost four. Got it. Um, so my my oldest three, Tata, are uh, are girls, and there's definitely dolls. There's a lot of dolls. I don't know about action figures. My youngest is a son, and he mostly eats the toys, so a it's not worth it to figures, buy. Action figures were the bread and butter of my childhood, and I hope that my son at some point gets to relive whether it's uh, you know. Now there are Hasidic companies make little menchies or whatever we, it is. We have, we have a whole shul. I don't want to tell you what we had to pay for it, but there's the, uh, you know, the- It's a missed opportunity that you didn't bring it out now and kind of uh, play something for us. There's time. There's time to run there's upstairs. Time. It's your But uh, the, the men were stramloch and the, you can you can clip the talis on or off and there's a women's section and a men's section and there's, it's, it's incredible. I have found that everyone now is grasping towards nostalgia and everything that I've been sharing has been playing up on the nostalgia, whether it's with our music and I, it's an absolute uh, honor to be the opener for the great uh, Yitzi Spinner. Uh, we've interacted <laughs> once or the, no, for real, it's a legitimate honor. Um, my childhood dream was to be uh, a Miami boys choir and the music that we're listening to in our house, the games that we're listening to are, it's grasping at nostalgia because it feels like we're in a different time right now. It doesn't feel like, I don't know what day it is. I don't know what month it is. And I'm starting to question what year it is. It's that good. It's that good. It's that good. Um, I'll tell you, we've rediscovered family dinner That's and family lunch. So that's, <laughs> I don't know if we rediscovered family lunch. I think that's the first time ever. A lot of people have been saying that. I, I wish I could say exactly the same. We haven't quite been, um, you know, we've, we've reimagined what family time looks like. I mean, when you work for a Jewish organization and you're working, whether it's uh the OU or NCSY or Mishpacha Magazine, Tablet, or any of the different places that I'm, that I'm dancing in, um, when you're working in being a content provider, this is actually the hardest time because it's really 24-7. People have this insatiable appetite for content, and it feels at this point like a lot of it is a little bit of empty calories. And what we've been careful- How so? What do you mean by empty calories? That they're, they're like what their like desires I are thin? Um, I feel like when it comes to content consumption and, you know, when you're spending so much time on your phone, have you ever, you know, had a, a bag of potato chips or for me, it's pistachios and you know that you're only going to stop eating like five minutes or 20 minutes after you're full and it's gross. Yeah, and domino snacks, domino snacks. Yeah. You're just eating it and shoving it into your mouth. And I think in many ways, uh, that's a little bit of the content now. I think that people aren't sitting and reading longer articles, which they should be. They're not, you know, the best moment I had was uh, Tuesday, which was my low point this week. I think everybody could chart out this week like the stock market. What were their they, my low point? Data-driven weeks. Tuesday. Yeah, data-driven weeks. My low point was on Tuesday and I went outside on Tuesday and... I realized that I was way behind on the DAF. I was under this misconception that the rabbinic uh, leadership had suspended DAF Yomi in light of the pandemic. I thought maybe they should do it. 
I don't know who's listening, but maybe that's an idea. Yeah, I'm not 100% sure I'm in the DAF. I don't know. I'm not like out of the DAF yet. I had not suspended DAF Yomi. And before I knew it, I was like three and a half lot behind. And I just went outside without, you know, my phone turned on. And I sat outside learning DAF Yomi. And it was the best moment of my entire week. Finding some routine, some long-term project. Um, whether it's Daf Yomi or another learning Yomi or documentary Yomi, uh, wh- whatever it is, finding a routine that you're doing every day to just restore some order uh, in your life and give some structure to your time. You've, uh, so you, you've kept learning up. That's what I'm hearing. I've kept a little bit of learning up and it's not even like I'm learning so in depth. It's because I need that comfort food of, uh, of that routine. And that's really been, uh, it's, been, a, it's, been a, it's, it's been an old friend and a close friend. And it's nice to be reunited after realizing that I had neglected it for a day or two. Ashrecha, Ashreinu, Ashrecha. What have you, uh, you been reading anything recently or learning anything recently that's uh, worth sharing? I, I've been thinking this week and it, it, it like tugged at my heartstrings at the introduction to Shmira Shabbos Kehilchasa. I've been thinking a lot about Shabbos recently because last Shabbos, and I'm sure this Shabbos, is eerie for a lot of people. Uh, People are heading into Shabbos. Uh, I I had a phone call with somebody last night who does not really have anybody at their Shabbos table, and they were crying. They They were simply bereft of what Shabbos is going to feel like. And I was thinking about the introduction of Rev Neuver Shmir Shabbos Kehilchasa, where he points out in this week's parsha, Vayakel. Am I right? Is Vayakel? <laughs> we'll know in a couple of weeks when we we'll make we'll up the whole thing. <laughs> he says, he quotes the Medrash that basically says that in the entire Torah, the only mitzvah that is introduced with the words Vayakel is the mitzvah of Shabbos. And the reason why he says is because Shabbos is so central to our notions of community. And it feels like now we have to reimagine what that Vayakel moment is. And I had just written in Mishpacha magazine, which is coming uh, this week, that I had the opportunity one time to have a meal uh, with someone who I could call a dear friend, Rav David Lichtenstein, who hosts the Headlines podcast. And we were at his Shabbos meal. His Shabbos meals are extraordinary and extravagant. They're wonderful. And there's all sorts of wine and and meat and food, everything around the table. And we were singing the Zemmer of Baruch Kel Elyon and he turned around, uh, he stopped the meal and he says, why do you think Shabbos is described kemincha al-machava? Why do you think we're describing Shabbos as a mincha? The karba mincha is the weakest, most impoverished karba that we have. Why don't we describe Shabbos as like a more glorious, more wonderful Shabbos? You look around this table, he had the Shemay Ale, which I'd never drink an ale before. He had these fancy wines. He had Wait, you had ale? Lissensee serves ale? Before, before David Lissensee's house. He had all this wonderful stuff. And he said, why do you think we describe it as a mincha? Shabbos should be something far more opulent, something far more wonderful. And he looked around and he said, I want you all to know something. My Shabbos table did not always feel this way. It was not always like this. There was a time when I did not have a lot of money. I couldn't afford to have guests. I couldn't afford to have fancy food. It was much more simple. It was much more interior. 
the focus of Shabbos wasn't on the glory necessarily, but it was almost on that smaller Mincha al-Machavas reality. And what he told everybody around the table was that we need to be able to have the capacity to discover the warmth of Shabbos, even in those Machavas moments. And when I read the introduction of Shmir Shabbos Kehilchasa, I speak about the Vayakel component, the communal component of Shabbos, I realize that there's a mincha al-machavas, there's a simplicity and a interiority, even to the way that we gather as communities. And I think many people around the world are going to be feeling that and experiencing that this coming Shabbos. And I hope we're able to both discover and cherish that mincha al-machavas reality that so many of us are approaching. David, those are uh, beautiful words. Kamincha al-machavat. We can take away with us. David, thanks for joining us. David, if people want to find you, like the three people who don't know who you are, they want to find oh, you online. Please. Where do they please, find you? Yes, please. I, I'm a frequent uh, tweet, uh, tweeter. You can find me at DBash Ideas. You could go to the NCSY website where we have all of our virtual programming. Uh, you could find me in the pages of Mishpacha Magazine on tablet podcasts. Uh, Is there a book that we could pick up? What's that? Is there a book anyone can pick up? Oh my gosh. Lord. There is a book. What is it right here? No, you didn't. It's right over here. Is that my signed copy? Oh my. At long last? Copy and you may never get one. We may never see each other in person again. This has been such an absolute pleasure. Thank you so much for inviting me, creating, and hopefully we'll be participating on this wonderful program. Amazing. David, thanks for coming. Have a good Shabbos. My pleasure. Have a great Shabbos. You are on OU Live. My name is Rabbi David Pardo. It's been an awesome time together. I want to thank the Frolinger family, Marla and Stan, for, hey, Itzy, for uh, sponsoring tonight's show. If you are tuning in, if you're watching on Facebook, hit the like button. If you're on YouTube, hit subscribe and hit the bell. If you have thoughts, questions, comments, suggestions, OU Live at OU.org or drop it in the comments down below. It is my distinct pleasure to welcome Yitzi Spinner. Yitzi, how are you? Thank you. I'm good. How are you? I'm amazing. How are you holding up? Uh, we're doing well. Welcome to the, uh, the principal's office and the gym and uh, every other schoolroom all wrapped in one. It's been uh, that is also the Kodesh Kodashim because David is the Kohen Gadol in his house. <laughs> well, then uh, we'll, leave that, we'll leave that for his house. No, we're uh, just uh, everyone here is a head yot, but we're, uh, we're all proud to be. Okay, listen, we, uh, we all serve our roles. No, no Kohanim in this house either. We're not that lucky. Um, what's, uh, what's, tell me, what's, uh, what's new? What's life been like in the... Uh... Life, has been, life has been interesting. You know, everyone has their own version of what life is uh, almost hour to hour, minute to minute, day to day, depending on your, uh, what's going on um, from people who are on their own to people who are trying to figure out with their kids. Um, for us, it's sure. been... Uh, it's been a lot of creativity, trying to keep everyone entertained and organized, um, running tech support. The school system here has been really tremendous in keeping the kids um, educated and just entertained and, and it, it, just everything that they've been doing is really, really wonderful, um, which is great for the kids. It hasn't been as much for the adults, which is just tremendous that you've been able to put this program together. <laughs> OU really, really understands that uh, after hours, adults need a little bit of stimulation as well. And this is, uh, this is a great place to be. So thank you for, uh, for having me and thank you for, for enabling this to be. 
Well, it's it's uh, that much warmer that now that you're here and uh, and thanks for the kind words. Um, please, I see a piano. This is my piano. This is my baby. One uh, of my babies. Do I I I've never asked. Do musicians nickname pianos? Is it like race cars? I don't know. I guess Not you. I guess some do. I don't. Okay. I don't. I never did. Um, it's just my piano. It's your piano. It's just um, I would be so honored if you would uh, if you'd break the piano out and and share some music with us. I would I would love to I would love to. Um, so I'll share share a couple a couple little things. Um, so Shabbos uh, this Shabbos is going to be weird. Um, I can't think of another word to really describe Shabbos other than weird. Um, it's almost uncomfortable and awkward to not go to shul. You know, especially when um, like as a professional chazan, my life is. Shabbos morning. I wake up early. I'm, I'm up before six every Shabbos morning because I got to get, I got to get my voice in shape. I have to just make sure I'm awake and fed and, and hydrated. And then this Shabbos is just not. Last Shabbos was not. And we struggled here in the Spinner home trying to figure out how to make Shabbos Shabbos um, and make it feel and feel like Shabbos. And even more importantly for us, make it sound like Shabbos. Um, so we had a Kabbalah Shabbos here, right here at the piano. We had, uh, I think about a thousand people joining with us, which was pretty incredible. Um, was that the largest Kabbalah Shabbos you've ever played? Uh, it was definitely the largest Kabbalah Shabbos I've ever played on social media. Um, uh, yes, I, I believe it was the largest social, the largest uh, gathering I've ever had for, for Kabbalah Shabbos, which is pretty cool. Um, a friend of mine commented on social media that it was both the most um, inspiring and depressing thing at the same time. But uh, that's what we that's what we have now for Kabbalah Shabbos. But you know, we're all coming together. We're all trying to make it's, it's those times. It's it's everything is the opposites. It's the saddest. It's the happiest. It's the eeriest. It's the most beautiful. I think it's what you make of it. I think it's really just what what you make of it. Um, so we sat. So we sat here and we sang. We sang our Shabbos songs uh, without everybody else, without the, the whole the whole community. We sang it to our own community of five here in the Spinner home. So um, one piece that uh, I love singing, I do in uh, in concert repertoire. Um, I do it in shul, but when I do it in shul, I don't have a piano. But now I have a piano, so we'll uh, we'll imagine we're uh, we're all together. Um, anybody who's out there, please feel free to join. I know it's always a crowd favorite um, for a Shabbos morning davening, but uh, it's a treat for me to be able to sing this with other people with uh, with a piano as well. So I hope everyone out there at home will enjoy um, and sing. If not, just uh, enjoy and listen. Amen. 
What do, you, what do you mean? This is, um, oh my God. Shmir, Shmir. What is it? What was it called in Yeshiva? I'm not that old. Mishmar? Mishmar. Mishmar. Oh, Shmira is when you have the, when your gun and you're walking around. It's totally a different thing. Different. Different. <laughs> totally different. Yeah, it's Mishmar. I assume everyone at home has their children ready by now. Otherwise, it'd be a big busha. We do not have a child ready yet. Tomorrow, tomorrow, this house, Emir Tzashem, will have the aroma of fresh challah. Um, cholent, not really. The cholent really doesn't fill the house until Shabbos morning. Um, it's more chicken soup cholent mix before Shabbos. And then you wake up Shabbos morning and you open that door and you just get, you know, oh. punched in the face by that fresh cholent. That's what I look forward to. A, heim, a heimish scent. Heimish, yes. Heimish is the best. It's like a schmack. Um, that was, I want you to know I was singing along. I just muted for, for your benefit and for all the listeners. <laughs> Thank you. Thanks for doing me the favor. I appreciate that, it. That was very beautiful. We have a, we have a, we have a minute. You have a minute? Have a minute. Sure. I'll give you one minute of something that uh, I was actually just sitting at the piano earlier today. And I don't know where this song came to, how this song came to me, but, uh, but it came to me. And uh, I started and uh, my wife started singing along. I don't know where she knows it from. I don't know why it came into my, into my head, but uh, here's where it was. Oh, wow. I am an ancient stone, so hard. Remember this one? Oh, I love this. This takes me back. And if you listen with your heart, 
check this song out it's it's from i looked i had to look it up to see where it's from the marvelous mitos machine i know you know my sister's oh. gonna kick me thank god she she lives in israel so i have several hours till she wakes up and kicks me i <laughs> I, I just i don't know i didn't know how it starts i yeah but once you hit the chorus just there you go it brings look at that um it brings you back yeah yeah it really yeah, does it's amazing so i have to i have to work on that song i have to really like internalize the song over 30 years of absence from my brain um, and, and kind of just relearn it the way that it was, you know, like it's in my head from camp from when I was little, when it was just a nice color war song, but, but there's so much meaning to it, both from a musical side and from a lyrical side that I really just have to. Does, to does relearning it mean relearning the original or does it mean putting your imprint on it as a musician? Um, it means understanding the song. Um, when I learn a song without really understanding it, I'm just learning lyrics for camp for color war so that I can yell them as loud as possible so I can get four points for my team. Um, I really never, I never dug into the lyrics and what they meant. It was just about knowing the next word. Um, but there's, there's really a lot of depth to that. Uh, um, I don't know who wrote the lyrics. It uh, may have been A.B. Rottenberg. I know uh, he produced, uh, he was involved in, in writing the music for Marvelous Mito's Machine, but there's so much depth to this song musically. Uh, yeah, I'd love to maybe do a cover of it, something. I don't know. I have to, I have to let it sit with me a little bit. Wow. Well, thanks for sharing that. Uh, to our listeners, you uh, you heard it here first. <laughs> um, incredible. Yitzi, thank you. For those of uh, the, everyone watching wants to hear more, where do they find you? Um, you can find me, I'm, uh, I'm on social media, um, Yitzy Spinner, it's Y-I-T-Z-Y, -Y S-P-I-N-N-E-R. Um, look for me there, look for me on, uh, on YouTube, and uh, when you see me in the street, uh, when we get past this, uh, come on over and say hello. Amazing, sounds good. Thanks for joining us, have a beautiful Shabbos. And you as well, thanks so much. All right. Everyone, thanks so much for joining. This has been OU Live, this is the second installment. I'm Rabbi David Pardo. I want to hear from you. I want to know what you think of the show. I want to get some feedback and some suggestions. We have a very cool lineup for the following week. We have uh, some spots open. If there are people you think should be on the show, please let us know. Our thanks again to the Frolinger family, to Marla and Stan, and what they had in mind, the schus of the Rafua Shlema, Chol Yisrael. We're all davening. We're all davening together, and there's uh, so many things that we could be doing even from our homes. In the meantime, this has been OU Live. I'm Rabbi David Pardo, and have a beautiful Shabbos.